Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. I'm happy that you found me, but more importantly, I'm thrilled that you have found Jesus. Friends, there is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we'll be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for the potter Jesus to transform. Hopefully, you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore all things Jesus together. And periodically, friends, we'll delve into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, friends, as we enter into God's presence today, allow me to speak a blessing over your life. Moses's brother, priest Aaron, gives us this benediction or this blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, welcome back. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, we learn that Jesus sends out the 12 disciples. Matthew says Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Now, can you see the correlation there with what we discussed when looking at seven ways to receive deliverance for ourselves or others? We see in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, that authority had been given to the disciples to both cast out the evil spirits, but then also to heal every kind of disease and illness. So you see the two go together. So when you're casting out, but you're also healing, because that's, that is uh, spiritual healing is occurring. And that is done by casting out these demons. So we said the seven items for deliverance are one, be honest. Number two, be humble. Three, repent for your sins. Number four, renounce your evil ways. Number five, forgive everyone. It only benefits you and me. Number six, pray for everyone. That also only benefits us. And do spiritual warfare. In other words, Focus in and hone in on Ephesians chapter 6 and put on the full armor of God. Put on our spiritual protection and clothing. And now we know what is required of us, but let's look at the critical blow that Satan has already received. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, John tells us, And they have defeated him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of their testimony. And they were not afraid to die. So what then was this critical blow I'm referring to? It was when the Lamb, Jesus, shed his blood for our sins. You see, the victory has been won and was won by sacrifice. And the sacrifice was none other than Christ's death in our place to pay the penalty for our sin. And the sacrifices we make because of our faith in him. 
So as we face the battle with Satan, we should not fear it, nor should we try to escape from it, but we should loyally serve Jesus, who alone is the victor and brings the victory. So this verse offers us three weapons against Satan. First, the shed blood of Jesus. We are covered in Jesus's shed blood from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet, all around us, surrounding us, beneath, below, around, we are covered. The word of our testimony is that second weapon. And finally, number three would be our surrendered sacrificial life unto Jesus. And you know, friends, the world needs deliverance now, and it needs it daily. Previously, we touched on forgiveness as being one of the seven ways to receive deliverance. And it's helpful to realize that when we believed on Jesus, we freely were given salvation. Now, our job then became, how do we work salvation out of us since it's already been given to us? And forgiving another doesn't mean that we'll not remember what was done to us. But here is the caveat I want you to remember. We now will evaluate what was done to us according to what Jesus has done for us. And we'll count the offense to us as having no value at all. Because when you realize what Jesus has given you freely, it makes no matter anymore what anyone else has done or will do to us because people are human. And the only way deliverance is going to spread around the world is for many Christians to practice deliverance within their own homes. God told us to train an army for his use, and we're part of that army. And do you know what the purpose of a demon attaching to you is? It's simply to wear you out. That is how the kingdom of darkness operates. And contrast that now to God's kingdom. And we learn in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke fits perfectly and the burden I give you is light. And recall now that your soul is your mind. And so Jesus is saying that we'll find rest for our minds because that is where the enemy or the demon attaching likes to attack us is within our mind and he sets up strongholds within the mind but Jesus is saying no I'm going to give you rest for your minds any Christian can cast out demons and as we practice deliverance we'll be able to help others as we grow stronger and remember a Christian can have a demon and the reason why is because we're perfect in spirit when we accept Jesus's saving salvation, but our mind and our body still has the ability, if we're not completely submitted to God, to have a demon attachment to us somewhere along the way if we're doing something outside of the will of God. So now, as we practice deliverance, we're going to be able to help others. We're going to grow stronger together. And we must put the Bible into practice to experience its immense value in our lives. Deliverance assists us in establishing a divine family and God's order. 
In Mark chapter 16, verse 17, Jesus says, These signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak new languages. There are not many deliverance ministers to help people, so it's critical we learn how to deliver not only ourselves, but our family members. And Christians, you know, as I said, may have demons, but proper deliverance takes a lot of time. And deliverance is a way of life. It's not just some grand event. It occurs once and it's done. We spoke about justification, which makes us not guilty or just as if we'd never sinned. Well, the Bible does not teach that a man is righteous because he believes in Christ, but he's counted as righteous. And recall, righteous means to be approved by God. Justification is a vitally important aspect of redemption. Redemption makes a man a child of God, but adoption makes him a son of God and gives him the rights of sonship. From God's side, it's preservation. From a man's side, it's perseverance. There's a distinction between a mere believer and one who simply has embraced Christianity as his religion. Right about now, you may be experiencing some cognitive dissonance. A question may be looming surrounding, how can a Christian have a demon? And I know we just addressed that, but it's impossible because they have the Holy Spirit indwelling in them, right? And this is where I really want to get clear and clarify that question for you because you're not alone in asking or thinking that. I too, in the beginning, asked that, but if you'll allow me to shed some light into the subject, once we confess and profess Jesus is the Lord of our life, we're spiritually born again. One third of us is made perfect and complete, which would be our spirit man. We're fully in Christ, but that leaves our body and our mind as we talked about earlier. So our body and our our soul, if you will. And it's very possible, if not probable, to experience enemy attacks within our mind and bodies. However, we're given authority in Jesus's name to cast out these negative influences. At a minimum, we need to be casting out demons from our families. As part of my schooling, I studied the details of spiritual warfare among believers, and it said that every Christian is a minister, Every Christian has a ministry and has gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit. So parents are the best persons to minister to their children, husbands to their wife, and wife to their husband. Parents need to set the children free from demons and to protect their children. Is it any wonder why the Bible talks more about hell than about heaven? Well, this is so that we as Christians can overcome Satan and make it to our final destination. We are heaven bound. And when we practice deliverance, it gives us an understanding of God's and Satan's kingdoms that will not get any other way. Deliverance allows us to see into the spiritual world by the manifestations of both demons and angels. The greatest need in the church today is teaching the entire Bible without fear or favor of man and the practice of deliverance for every Christian. As you see the children, so you see the parents in our nation. This isn't 
to be condemning, but look at our children and we can see our parental mistakes within their lives. When we know better, we do better. So what is said about self-deliverance? Is this even a possibility? Well, as I've mentioned, yes. As a matter of fact, we need to learn to deliver ourselves through the Holy Spirit, assisting us in discerning what demons need to be removed from us. And the Holy Spirit will categorize the order that we should approach deliverance in. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, Paul says, And all of us have had the veil removed so that we can be mirrors and brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him and reflect His glory even more. Being delivered once and thinking we're done for life would be nice. However, that is just not reality. It truly is the ongoing effort to remain free of them. Oftentimes, people mistakenly think a demon that's been with them for some time is just part of their personality. But we must not want to only do self-deliverance so that we don't have to confess any sins in front of others. The confession part is a part of releasing and ridding these demons out of us. And think of this removal process as being similar to Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 22 and 23, which says, The Lord your God will drive those nations out ahead of you little by little. You will not clear them away all at once. For if you did, the wild animals would multiply too quickly for you. But the Lord your God will hand them over to you. He'll throw them into complete confusion until they're destroyed. Moses is telling us in Deuteronomy at times we need to hold our ground that we've already conquered for a season before we can have further deliverance. And Judges chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 puts it this way. The Lord left certain nations in the land to test those Israelites who had not participated in the wars of Canaan. He did this to teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had no experience in battle. You see, the wilderness children of the original Israelites also needed to learn the art of war. A person who desires self-deliverance can also opt to pray over the phone with a qualified deliverance minister. Sometimes this is an effective result, and as we've said, confession aids in full deliverance. A deliverance minister may detect something spiritual that's not brought about in self-deliverance. But the Bible does suggest seeking counsel and guidance, specifically Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, Solomon put it this way, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many counselors bring success. You see, people who stay stuck in tunnel vision or stuck in one way of thinking are likely to miss the right road because they've closed off their minds to any new options. We need the help of those who can enlarge our vision and broaden our perspective. If you've ever heard the prayer of Jabez, he prays for his territory to be enlarged and then he's honored with that. And we should be seeking out those that we know well who have a wealth of experience. 
It really helps to formulate a network of trusted advisors. Then we can be open to new ideas and be willing to weigh their suggestions. Our plans will be stronger and more likely to succeed. Proverbs 19 verse 20 says, Get all the advice and instruction you can and be wise the rest of your life. If you find that no deliverance minister is available in your area or via the telephone like we discussed earlier, then do what David did and work directly with the Holy Spirit. We learn in Psalm chapter 139 verses 23 and 24 where David records this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You see, here David was asking God to search him for sin and point it out even to the level of testing his thoughts. This equates to exploratory surgery for sin. This is how we're going to recognize sin within our lives. When God shows us, then we can repent and be forgiven. This will keep us on the path of everlasting life with God. Now that we've confessed our sin, what's next? Well, if you're working with a deliverance minister, great. They will walk you through the necessary steps. But if you're self-delivering, Here's what you need to do now. Make a list of your deliverance needs. Ask the Holy Spirit to prioritize the list for you. And stay tuned tomorrow for a list of common demon groupings to begin with. I'll walk you through that. And then you're going to stand before a mirror and you're going to speak to your demons in this manner. Demons, I know that you are there. I know of your presence and of your evil works. I tell you that you have no right to stay. I belong to Jesus Christ. Jesus purchased me with his shed blood. This body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Everything that defiles is cast out. You are a trespasser and you must go. I command you to go now in the name of Jesus. If you're still feeling a little bit of trepidation around the idea of demons attaching themselves to you, fear not. Fear not is quoted over 100 times in the Bible. The enemy wants you to be fearful so that you'll remain paralyzed and do nothing. In that state, he knows he's gotcha. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 12. The truth is, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. The disciples were preparing to carry out the gospel into all the world. It's wrong that unclean demons be allowed into our dwelling where we house the Holy Spirit. And so friends... Tune back in tomorrow, and like I said, we'll go over those demon groupings, and you'll be more equipped and prepared to cast those out. And friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, Jesus made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in God's Son, Jesus. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. 
Our sin was placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. We can never repay this extraordinary, extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, we can show him gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening our relationship daily. And today, friends, if this is you, I challenge you to take a bold step of courage and openly confess after me. Father God, I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, come into my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my sin at the cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And consider joining a good Bible-based church surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will edify and build up your faith. And now let me be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your lifetime. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week when we're not in the middle of a series. Then we'll air a special podcast on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives, delving into topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, deliverance, how to be joyful, what love in action looks like, biblical trust, and so many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark together on an adventure of exploration of life together. So please join me. And if you like this episode, make sure to like and subscribe so you'll get the latest releases as they become available. And much of today's podcast referenced my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or compelling, you can pick up a copy from my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It is full of God's word and it is waiting for you to read it. Until next time, remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And Revelation gives us these parting words in chapter 22, verse 21. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.